Okay, we're all Seventh-day Adventists, right? So we are already accustomed to, to prayer offerings, right? Our tithes and offerings. We have uh, um, the offerings in here. So anytime, before or after or during. It's always nice, it's very uplifting to have family members together. And a moment like this, it, it makes me realize the important why God, why God established churches. Because especially when we're isolated, I've been working from home all this week, and, um, and I'm starting to feel the need of socializing. And even though we live in a, in a virtual society that a lot of people live in the virtual world, at least the old timers, like me, I don't know about the young ones, but the old timers, like which the majority, the majority of you guys, we need that social interaction, at least the visual one. So like this, this three-dimensional type of, um, of mingling. And um, that's, that's, why, what, that's why, one of the reasons why we decided to keep the church open, because many people get more blessing out of face-to-face -face versus just sitting and watching the video of someone preaching. And I was telling my husband, my husband said, but let's do watch a, a sermon. And I said, okay, so let's, let's do that. Um, if we are the only ones here, then we're going to watch the video. But if we have visitors, then we'll give them an option to, to see what they want. Here. Okay. Can I say sure. The Bible tells us that it was the practice of Jesus to go and worship on the Sabbath day, hmm. which means he went into the synagogue. Also, it was his practice to spend time in the mountain and in the multitude. In the mountain, he spent time with God, mm -hmm. his Father, and then in the multitude, he spent basically teaching them the kingdom of heaven and you know, all of its principles. And of course, healing the sick. And he taught us that it is a good thing to do good on the Sabbath day. While others might think it's work, it's not really work. Because it's, the, it's God's work. That we're doing. Amen. 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 So, last week I did a summary of that week devotionals. We are, we are reading or studying the devotional called um, My Life Today by Ellen G. White. And um, last week's sermon was a summary of what we learned that week of the heroes. I'm sorry, what? Summary. A summary. A summary. A summary. Now, today, I'm going to be giving a summary of this week, what we have learned this week, on the devotional. And um, now you can see when we do devotional, we really 
studied the devotional. <laughs> and um, so this week is talking about self-control. And, and some of them was kind of, um, you know how Ellen G. White sometimes presents things direct? She doesn't go around the bushes. She goes straight to the point, which I really appreciate that. But sometimes kind of hurt my, my ego. Like, oh. Like, sometimes we don't like to hear what we're doing wrong. And, um, but that's the humbling experience. So this week, she was talking about, oh, God was sharing with us about self-control. And self-control is, I think, is the basis of everything. And I know uh, my, my sister shared, I think it was a Monday, something about self-control. And it's that, yes, self-control is, is the basis of everything. If we can acquire self-control, everything else will be easy. And that's why Satan attacks self-control from day one, from the day that we're born, he attacks it in so many ways. So uh, this week, they were talking about self-control on our bodies. We was talking self-control about the type of rules we need to develop on ourselves. They talk about um, the self-control of how we should love, the love, the, the love of Christ to others. Some people go into the extremes, but there is a balance, a self-control on that. They also talk about self-control of the lips, how we should self-control our tongue. And um, on Thursday, they were talking about self-control over eating. So all this week, we're talking about self-control in so many areas that sometimes we forget that we require self-control. But Friday, we read, is the, uh, the will, I will be master of my mind. So LNG5 was sharing with us, how can we take control of our minds? Because for the mind, uh, the mind, I think, is, is the most important thing. The, all the battlefield, the good, and, the good and evil, everything that we read in the Bible, everything of the reality of salvation and, and dying forever is all fought in our minds. So as you know, Satan will do whatever it takes to destroy the avenue of communication in our minds so God will not be able to help us to discern the thing that we need. And I learned that very uh, a long time ago. It's, it's, it's fascinating how the devil are using the same, the same thing that God have given us to have a better communication with God, and he applied that to his followers. Um, many years ago, probably about 10, 12, we've been here eight, probably about 10, 12 years ago, I was doing counseling, and I had a, a patient, a young man, and he was a Satanist. And in the conversation we had, um, talking about things, I don't know how it came out that, that um, I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm vegan. Um, no, I'm, at, that, at that time, I was 100% raw. And I told, I told him, no, I'm, 
um, I eat 100% raw. And, um, and then he said, oh, our God requires us to eat 100% raw. And when he said that, I, I said, I, I kind of like, what do you mean? And that's when he told me that he was a, a Satan follower. And he said that the Satan uh, wants all his followers to eat very healthy, very preferable, 100% raw, so he can communicate with them better. So at that point, I, I just sat there, kind of froze myself. Number one, I didn't realize he was Satanist. Number two, I didn't realize that, oh my goodness, it's like, it's amazing how God is giving them all the tools, but we are so blind to, to it that we, we, we read it, but it doesn't sink in. So the day before when we talk about self-control and eating, it, she talks about a lot of things that it, it helped me to remind myself of, of that event. And then all this self-control in our mind and our body and our eating and our, and our love to others and, and, and everything that he talks about, the, um, the body and the, and the tongue, it ends on mastering our mind. So I'm gonna review with you the morning watch that we read Friday, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna read the paragraph, and we're gonna dissect it. I don't know what word can I use when you put things, we're gonna break it apart to really, really understand what she's trying to say, what God is trying to tell us through her. So the, the memory verse is in 1 Peter 1.13, and we're going to start with that one. And I want everybody's participation. Okay, so we're going to bring a microphone this time, because they're recording. So we want your participation to be also recorded. So in 1 Peter 1.13, it reads, Girdle up the loins of your mind, be stubborn and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought into you at the, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there's three things in here. Girdle up the loins of your mind. Okay, what is loins? When I know this year we have the, the theme of the armor of God. And one of the things that the soldiers do is girdle their loins. Why, to begin with, where are the loins and why they have to protect it? Yeah, the belly, the chest, down the bottom? Yeah, the armor of God. So the loins. The loins of the soldier is one of the weakest areas of the body, and they need to protect it. So when, 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 um, when the Bible says you need to girdle your loins of your mind, that is giving you a hint. The mind is one of the weakest points in, in, in ourself, right? The mind is the battlefield, is the area where it's easier attacked by, by the devil. What about be sober? Be sober. Be sober. 
So, sober. Be, be sober. So what, when you read be sober means what? Think about an alcoholic. When somebody is sober, what that means? Sober. S-O-B-E-R. Sober. When someone is sober, it means what? Sober. When someone is sober, an alcoholic is sober, what that means? He's not drinking anymore, right? So when God is telling us, be sober, would that mean that we should not drink? Is that what he's referring to? What is it referring to? Be clear-minded, right. So when, when we read be sober, it means you cannot dismiss it like, oh, I don't drink, so it doesn't apply to me. It does apply to us, because to be sober is not to go and do things that was bad for you, right? So an alcoholic, to be saying that I'm like 12 days of sobriety means that he has been 12 days without doing something that was harmful for him without doing something that it was wrong or it was damaging. So he's working towards not doing it again. So if we apply that principle to our life, when God is telling us, be sober, what that means? So someone, if you want to be sober, means that you should not, you should work very hard not to do the things that you were not supposed to do. If your problem is temper, you need to really, really work on not going back to that point. If your weakness is, for example, I don't know, um, watching the wrong things, then to be sober is not to go back and do those things that you're not supposed to. If you are, um, if, if you are addictive to movies, then to be sober is just to stop spending time watching your movies because that, that reinforces your bad habits. Now the next one, is it clear? So think about your, your Think about yourself and the things, your weaknesses of the thing that you do that you know that you're not supposed to be doing, and God is telling you, you need to be sober. You need to stop what you're doing so you can have a better, clear mind and understand what I'm trying to tell you. The next one is, and hope to the end of the grace that is to be brought into you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What that means. So first, we need to protect our mind. Second, we need to stop doing what we're doing that's wrong. And then third is the hope to the end for the grace that is brought to us by the revelation of Jesus Christ. It could be the gospel, could be the character. 
the character of Christ. If you are not sober, how can you understand the character of Christ? If you are not protecting your mind, how can you understand the character of Christ? Can a drunken understand what you're talking about? No. So what God is telling us is we need to stop doing what takes, um, we need to stop doing the thing that covers the majority of the time on our, our minds. And then we need to protect our mind of what we hear, what we see, and what we do, because all those things affect the battlefield of our minds. So we want to understand the character of Christ that he wants to reveal to us through grace. We need to be sober. We need to stop what we're doing, which is wrong, and then we need to start protecting our minds, right? Am I understanding this correctly? So paraphrasing this verse, we'll, I will read it this way. Jesus Christ wants to reveal to us his character. And to be able to do that, we need to be able to understand him. So we need to be with open mind, protecting ourselves with all the, the things that happens that will distract us and be sobered, uh, uh, be alert. So when God is trying to share with him his character, we will be able to understand it. Right? Okay. So I've, has everybody understood that part before we continue? All right, the second, the first paragraph, it reads. So the first paragraph reads, we have each of us an individual work to do. So she starts saying, hi, come in, come in. So God is telling us, we have each of us an individual work to do. What that means? Work. We need to work. We have something that individually, each one of you, each one of us, we have something to work. We have to do something to work. Okay? So he's saying, um, so it's a work to, to girl up our loins of our minds, to be sober, to watch into prayer. So she's mentioning three things. The same thing at the Bible text. Number one. We need to protect our minds. We need to be alert. And we need to watch in prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is another name that the Bible uses for a communication between us and God. So for God to be able to share with, with us his character, we need to be in communion with him, with a clear mind and protecting our minds. Okay? So there are three things, and I'm going to quiz you guys in the end. <laughs> so we have in prayer, we need to have clear mind and our mind focus on what we're doing so God can reveal to us his character. So the mind must be firmly controlled to dwell upon subjects that will straighten the moral powers. That's another thing. It says, the mind must be firmly controlled. 
not just sometimes, <laughs> needs to be controlled. She said, our mind needs to be controlled so we can dwell upon subjects that will straighten our moral powers. And I know at this point I stopped and I was asking to, uh, to Josiah to do some Googling to see what's the difference between moral and ethical. Because if we need to increase and straighten our moral powers, and we can only do that by dwelling in things that will bring that to us, what is moral power? What is, mor what is morality? Or what is moral versus ethics? I know in the counseling field, ethical is legal and moral is not. So you, if you break an ethical thing, you, if you do something in unethical, you can lose your license, but if you do some, something immoral or something not moral, you can get away with it. However, there are some moral things that goes hand to hand with ethical, okay? With ethics, yes. Okay. So ethical, I think it's right, what we think is right, and moral is what our spiritual knowledge helps us to do. Okay. And the reason, thank you, that's very, very good. So why is it that God talks about moral power but not ethics? Because moral, when, when we went to Google to study what is moral, <coughs> is the, the, the moral rules or the moral principle is, is the foundation of what makes us interpret what is right and wrong. So if we need to, if we want to have the power to have a very strong moral character, so we can discern between good and evil, between how Satan is trying to distract us, and we need to have two things. Number one is what? We need to control our minds so we cannot be distracted. I know when we started this presentation, there was a lot of things distracting us. And the first thing I, I thought was, you know, Satan is trying to distract our minds for some reason. The, the, the ovens start beeping, which I have never done that in the four years that I've been here. You know, they start, you know, all, all kind of, of things happening just to distract our mind. So if God, if God is asking us to have a very firmly controlled mind. So stay focused. Try to, when you listen, I'm not a greater speaker, but try to hear what I'm saying, try to hear what I'm reading, or which is God's word, and try to apply it to you. And don't let anything interrupt you. Don't let anything distract you. Try to practice this control of your mind and, and be focused on the thing that will bring you strength because that's what God wants us to do. The thoughts must be pure. The med meditations of the heart must be clean if the words of the mouth are to be words acceptable to heaven and helpful to your association or to our associates. 
the next paragraph. Okay, let's, let's go back. I know I, it will be nice to have PowerPoint, but it's too cold out there. So we, have, we, need to con we need to protect our mind, number one. We need to be alert in prayer so we can discern what God is trying to reveal to us of his character. And then he's saying, and to be able to protect our minds, we need to have a firmly, con we need to firmly control our minds and dwell on those things that will give, you, give us some strength and building our moral character. The moral character is the foundation that we use to discern and to make decisions and determine what is right and wrong. That becomes ethical, right? Am I in the right way, in the right process? Yes. And then God continues saying, if you want what you're saying in your words be acceptable in heaven, there's two things that we need to do. He says, our thoughts must be pure, and that requires some self-control, firmly control what we're thinking. So our thought needs to be pure, and our meditation of our heart must be clean. So he's, he's saying that if you want to be able to, to speak, that your word will be acceptable in God's in, he in heaven, and be helpful to your associates, we need to have a pure heart, thoughts, and a clean heart. And how are we going to do that? Okay. I'm going to read, keep that in mind. Yes, so let's read the, sec the next paragraph to see what God is saying to us. The mind should be guarded carefully. Guarded of what? If, he's, if God is asking us that we need to guard carefully our minds, guarded of what? Against evil. Against evil. Okay, that's very generic. Give me, bring it back to, re, to our, our normal living. We should guard our mind on what? On our world. What, what we watch, what we hear, the music that we listen, the movie that we watch. Um, I know my, my kids get upset with me because every time we watch something, I, I do an, I analyze everything on the, of the movie. <laughs> and, they said, and then my daughter said, Mom, we're just watching. Just, just let it be. <laughs> so every time that you watch something, you hear something, you taste something, you eat something, you do anything with your body, everything that you do in your lifestyle, you need to guard your mind carefully. That goes into your mind. The ears, the music, the music, what you see goes directly to your, your, to your mind. What you touch, what you smell, what you see, that goes into your mind and it can affect your mind. It can affect your emotions, can affect your, your way of thinking. They have, they have done a lot of research, especially with chronic depressions. There's a lot of certain foods that make depression worse and some food that helps the depression. Some colors alters the depression, uh, makes you more depressed or more happier. Some sounds, some rhythm, everything that our senses interprets 
can affect our mind. So when God is saying you need to guard carefully your mind, you need to think about, okay, this is my duty. I need to protect the mind, the areas where God can communicate with us his character. And he's telling us what we need to do. We need to be alert. We need to be watchful. We need to be proactive in our days, daily living. And then he continues saying, nothing should be allowed to enter that will harm or destroy his healthy figure. So if we are protecting the mind, nothing, we should not allow anything that goes inside that will harm and also make it weak. What are the things that make our mind weak or tired or exhausted? And that is the part when we need to be sober, we need to be clear. So he's saying, any, don't, don't allow anything that goes inside your mind that will harm it or destroy the healthy vigor. What, is, what can destroy our, our mind to, be, um, to, to reduce our energy? Unhealthy eating. What else? Hmm? Yes, unhealthy eating. What else? Drinking intoxicated drinks. What else? What else? What about, yes? Okay, even the, some of the modern drinks that people drink today that's full of energy. Well, and, uh, and other things. Um, it's not good for you healthfully, and your mind is not going to be able to stay properly focused like it should. Yeah. So, in other words, before you put anything in your mouth, you need to know what you're eating, right? Start getting the habit of reading ingredients. If you cannot understand it, it will do harm in your brain. Trust me. But what else? It takes the energy of our mind that we all in any, any time of our life, we have done it. It's sleep. sleep. If you do not sleep enough, you will not be sober. Your brain will be exhausted, will be depleted of that vigorness that we need, right? So how much time do we need to sleep to have enough time for the brain to heal, to repair, and to rest? eight to 10 hours. So everybody knows that, right? So we know how much time do we need to sleep? Now the question is, are we sleeping? The time that God has told us that we need to give the brain, or which is the center of communication, the battlefield, enough time to rest, and to repair and to have the energy required to deal with the mental issues of salvation. Amen. So think about this. When God is telling us we should not allow to enter in our minds anything that will harm or destroy its healthy vigor, then we need to think about in your life. Take some moment and think, 
what can I eat, what, what am I drinking, what am I doing lifestyle that is harming my brain and is depleting the energy of it? Because if you want to discern the character of Christ that he's dying to give us, you need to have a sober mind and you need to protect your mind, right? To be able to discern that through prayer. So let me continue. Am I making sense? Am I understanding what, what God is saying in here? So let me continue. So when he said nothing should be allowed to enter, and like I said last week, we were born, we were created with the power of what? A choice. So you cannot say, oh, you know, I don't have the strength. Oh, you know, God needs to help me. You cannot say that because God gave you the power to choose. That is an entitled, that is, is, is built within our fiber of our body. That's the only thing that we have the power of, is the power of choice. choice. If you want to choose to follow Christ, God will help you to do the rest. If you choose to follow me, myself, and I, then God cannot help you, and then th things will be very difficult. So keep those things in mind. So continuing. But to prevent this, it should be preoccupied with good seeds, which spring into life, will bring forth fruits bearing branches. A field left uncultivated speedily produces a rank, a rank growth of thistles and tangled vines. Thistles, which exhaust the soil and are worthless to the owner. So the mind, you know, when we're talking about the parable of the seeds, I think she's referring to this. If you do not cultivate your mind, what's going to happen? If you do not cultivate your mind, meaning protect it, work at it, uh, taking you know, all the bad things out, not, not let anything go in, maintain enough nutrients in, the, in, in, your, um, in your soil, What's going to happen if you leave that alone? There's a lot of, the bad thing going to grow. So God is telling you how to do that, how to prevent, how to have a better control of your mind. He said, you need to spend time and preoccupy yourself with good seeds, with good thoughts, with good things, and work things. It requires action, requires intentionality to bring to be able to, to, have a, um, to sow something, you need to plant something. You said good thoughts. In the Desire of Ages, Ellen G. White says that if we spend some time, and recommended an up to an hour, on the life of Christ, and of course we cannot study all of his life in that period of time, but if you spend up to an hour in some part of Christ's life, each day. each day, which includes prayer and the invitation of the Holy Spirit to empower you to have the strength to basically practice kingdom principles, practice what you've studied on the life of Christ, mm -hmm. because there's no better life to study than Christ. Amen. Because we are only have one example of perfection and in the Bible, and we all know this, that there was only really one 
good person. That was Jesus. Yeah, there's only one good. Yes, absolutely. So if you want to have good thoughts, a pure heart, and, and a clean thought, pure thoughts and a clean heart, you need to cultivate. You need to cultivate it, right? You need to cultivate because if you do not do nothing for your brain to control your brain, what's going to happen? And I continue. The ground is full of seeds blown and carried by the wind from every quarter, from every corner of your life. And if it's left uncultivated, they will spring up to life and spontaneously, choking every precious fruit-bearing plant that is struggling to exist. So he's giving us the, this, this visual example, parable. Let's bring it up to our spiritual. We have temptations coming all over the place. Temptation of what we hear, see, touch, smell. A lot of things brings thoughts in our minds, remembering past, remembering whatever. But if we don't take control of that, <clears throat> what's going to happen? The few things, the few good things that we have in our minds, you're going to be what? Choke. With, with, bad, with bad thoughts and, and choke with, with all the bad stuff that we hear and we see and we smell and we remember. One of the things that the devil loved to do, and I see that time and time again in, when I used to do counseling, is it brings into your mind sad thoughts, bring to your mind sad memories, bring to your mind what people have done to you, or you know, all this negativity that if you give, if you listen to it, you will get depressed. Um, I, we did an exp I did a personal experiment when I was doing, I used to have a lot of uh, de depressive clients, and we had a group support of all females, and they're all depressive, and so we divided the group in three things, in three groups. This was just my own personal study. And um, they were all chronic depressive disorder patients. And uh, one of the things that I realized in the end of six months is that that group that was very depressive, when they spent time of, of doing positive things, doing exercises, um, every time they had, a, um, they had a, a log that they need to write, every time they had a, a, a set thought, they will counterreact it with, with good things. I have them write thing, good things that happens in their, in their life so they can go back and read those things and then fight those bad thinkings. In the end of six months, we realized that that group that had developed, it came to a point that, that some lady was saying, I'm no longer depressed, and, and it's so easy for me to stop those thoughts. And it's like, it's all about practicing. It's all about rehearsing. It's all about spending time on the things that will help you to become more stronger in your moral characters. I believe what makes you stronger too in your moral character is by claiming as many of the promises that we read about in the Bible, which are over 3,000, and I, I'm wondering if there may be more, but practice claiming those promises mm -hmm and believe it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. And it's important to let Jesus into your heart. 
Yeah, all the things, going with that side of, side of thoughts, all the things that we discussed and I came to realize is you know how God says that when we pray, we need to be very specific, right? Yes. And, and our prayers, they're not specific. I don't know about you guys, mine wasn't specific enough. So I said, I wonder what God means. Our, mind, our prayer has to be very, very specific. And then little by little I started to understand why I have to be very specific. Because for you to be specific, you need to really intentionally think about the thing that you want to change, which you cannot do on your own, right? right. So if you know, like for example, um, in the, when I wake up in the morning when I go and pray, and I say, God, take care of me today. Then what? You have to be more specific. Help me to have a better character. Yeah, but what that means. So you need to be very intentional what, God, what you want God to help you. And if your problem is temper, in the morning you say, God, you know I have a temper. I've been fighting for that for many years. Help me today to be more patient. I, I cannot do it on my own. But I recognize that I have that problem. And I have the power to choose. And I'm choosing you. And I claim those promises. And say, God, you promise if I do this, you will help me. Do you think that God is not going to answer that, that prayer? Yeah. Of course he will. Because you're very specific. You're asking for a specific thing. And he will help you to achieve that. If you don't do that, then... Satan will make sure that he will give you a lot to think about, which is not good. So let's continue to finish this paragraph. If the field were tilled and sowed to grain, this valueless seed would be extinguished and could not flourish. So the bad seeds will be destroyed. So God is giving you, giving me the tools, and giving us how to destroy the temptation that Satan is always trying to make us fall. He told us you need to control your mind, your thoughts. You need to be intentional. You need to be sober. You need to, to be able to understand what God is trying to tell you. You need to occupy your mind in things that are going to make you stronger, not weaker. So he's giving you all these this, this, um, treatment tools so you can choose and be specific of the thing that you want. So the next paragraph, and before I continue with that, Linda, you had a question? You said something about clean, like a clean mind. Uh, is, is this in a alignment with what you're saying about uh, someone who uh, like gave their heart to the Lord in the Bible and their mind was all clean, but then if you don't keep your mind clean, then... The, these devils, there were some before, mm -hmm. but seven more than whatever was mm -hmm. before would come in and pollute the mind. So once we are cleaning our mind with the Holy Spirit and keeping it clean so we don't have more devils come in and uh, confuse our mind. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah, you're, you're right. So the last paragraph of this devotional, it reads, and I only have 10 minutes. See, we can do it in 10 minutes. <laughs> Said so the youth, are you going to take it literally or are you going to take it state of mind? All of 
all of us. You can take it literally to the young people and those who we still feel that we're still young. So this is for all of us. The youth who find joy, these are clues, okay? The youth who find joy and happiness in reading the word of God and in the hour of prayer is constantly refreshed by draft from the fountain of life. So if you want to be refreshed and drawn from the fountain of life, there's two requirements that God is telling you you need to have. When you, you want to do what? Be joyful and happy. In other words, you need, you need to look forward. Time to read the word of God. Look forward to spend time with it. Not just five minutes, not 10 minutes. Just spend time in time to really study, really trying to understand, really apply those things that God is telling you. Don't read it superficially. You need to study it. You need to chew it. You need to really chew it and swallow it and apply it. Otherwise, whatever you're reading, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. So. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Maybe a little later. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll continue. So he will attain. A, so those who are joyfully looking forward and spending time meditating at least an hour a day, I won't say more, but if you can make it an hour, you're doing good. <clears throat> if you do all these things, you will attain. And this is why we're doing this. The outcome of the choices that you make. You will attain a high of moral excellence. That means that whatever, we call them schemas in psychology, but whatever your mind use to build upon your belief and, and build upon how you interpret things, the foundation, your moral schemas. If you spend time with a sober mind, protecting your mind and be control of it, not get distracted, and spend time learning what God wants you to do and be intentional of the thing that you need to improve, that you need God to help you with, then you will obtain, and this is a promise, I see promises, like you're saying. It's promises everywhere. If you do that, you will attain a moral excellence and a breadth of thought of which others cannot conceive. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but I would like to have a train of thoughts of things that when I talk to people, they look at me like, what are you talking about? It's like, if we spend time with Christ in the realm, praying, with the sober mind, be intentional of the things that God wants us to change and he's dying to help us with. But if we don't ask, he won't, can't do anything. He will give us this excellence of moral strength and we'll be able to discern things that others can't. I don't know, you, I don't know about you, but when I read that, it stumped me right there, like, whoa. And then continuing, communion with God encourages good thoughts, noble aspirations, clear perception of truth, 
and lofty purpose of action. Let's go back to this one, okay? This is a lot of stuff in one, in one, cent, in one paragraph. Those who connect, connect with God and commune with him, that's in prayer. prayer. Commune. And not only prayer means just sitting down and pray, but you can pray while you're driving. You can pray when you're working. You can pray everywhere, 24-7, for everything. And God is promising you, if you do this, God will give you encouraging thoughts. That means pure thoughts. God will give you good thoughts, will in, give you noble aspirations. What is aspiration? Desires. desires. We'll, we'll change our desires, our goals, what we want to reach. He will change all that. It will, cure, it will give us a, a perfection, uh, a clear perfection or a, a, of truth that so will we'll make it so clear that we'll be able to discern the truth versus the lies. And it will give us a lofty purpose of action. So if, you don't, if you're missing any of those things, now you know how to acquire it, right? I, I pray that you do. Those who connect their soul with God are acknowledged by him as his sons and daughters. We know in Bible, not everybody is, is a son or daughter of God. The Bible is very specific. It's only those who follow. So he's reminding us again, if, if our souls connect to him, you will be considered a son or daughter of God. If you're not connected with him, you can, you can deny yourself saying that you are, but you're not. And that's where the sitfulness of Satan comes in. If you're not putting the time, if you're not being intentional, if you're not guarding your brain, if you're not making the right choices of which you have the power to do, and, and you, do, you know what you need to do and you choose to do it, God will give you, will consider you as a child of God. But if you choose not to, then you, you won't. They are constantly teaching higher and still higher, obtaining clear views of God and of eternity. Into the Lord makes them channels of light and wisdom to the world. So this, are, this paragraph is telling you what you're going to get if you do what God tells us. To. The first part of what we talked about for the last 45 minutes, it tells you what to do. But then in the last six minutes, I've been, I've been reading what you're going to gain if you do that. So let's review that again. You will have good thoughts, noble aspirations, clear perception of truth, lofty purpose of action, and our, we're going to be constantly learning higher and higher, more information, obtaining clear view of God, that's the character of God that he's dying to give us. We'll have a very clear view of understanding God's character and of the eternity. And into the Lord makes them, and then it will become a channel of light and the wisdom to the world. And honestly, as remnant, 
We have to be the light of the world because that is how God calls us to be. So we need to have, if, you, if, you, if God calls, calls you to be the light of the world, you need to have a good set of batteries. And how are you going to do that? Prayer. Praying. Protecting your mind. Be clear of mind. Spending time with good thoughts. Only God can do that, helping you. To meditate on a clean heart, you need to spend time with God. You need to cultivate the things that God has told you time and time again in many sources that you need to change, you need to stop, you need to increase, or you need to diminish. You know all that. I don't have to say that because you already know it. If you intentionally, every day, you ask God for a specific thing that you want to get victory that day, I can guarantee you that God will consider you, number one, a daughter or son of God. Number two, he will answer your prayer. Number three, he will give you good thoughts, good aspiration. He will give you the ability to discern what is truth. He will give you the ability to start grasping the true character of Christ that we need to develop for the end time. And we'll be able to perceive eternity as a real, something real. And, and by doing all that, God will make us a light to the world. So to finish, I wrote um, four points to remember in this devotional. Number one, actually, do you want to share something before I, I summarize the four points? Yes. <laughs> I think Paul says it well in Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, going to verse 9. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is um, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know that 14 times Paul mentions the word joy. You know, we find joy, I think, only in the Lord. Amen. We yeah. have fleeting happiness. Mm -hmm. We have times of happiness mm -hmm. on this earth, but they're not lasting and it's not really joy yep. in the Lord. And happiness, it's a state of mind. You make it. So, and God is the only one that can help you if you ask to give you the, the, real, the real happiness. Elder yes. Dan. May I comment? Absolutely. In John 15, Jesus gave a parable about him being the vine and we are the branches. Mm -hmm. And we need to be plugged into Christ so that we can bear much fruit because we can't bear fruit if we're not plugged into Christ. 
or grafted into him. Amen. Amen. You were saying, going to say? I have just a question because of my young brother. Just because of my language barrier. <laughs> no, because I don't want okay. to probably record it because okay. this is my language barrier. Mm -hmm. uh, the lofty purpose of action. What, what is synonyms of this lofty? I just cannot clearly understand. Okay. Lofty. The lofty, the synonyms, let me look, synonyms. And lofty purpose of action. Where is lofty? Lofty. What is lofty? High. High. Ah, high. Oh, okay. When you talk, when in the house, you have a loft? Is something uh, in the okay, higher okay. part? From the left. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. And thank okay. you. Yeah, if you don't understand a word, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you need to do. So God will give us higher purpose of action. That's pretty much what he's saying. Okay? So finish up the four points. The whole thing, what I got, was number one. To be able to have acceptable words to God, a word acceptable to God, we need to have thought pure, pure thoughts and to meditate on what is good. Number two, to, have, uh, to control our minds, we need to guard it, whatever comes in and whatever goes out. We need to guard it of anything that takes the energy out of it. We need to encourage good seeds to grow and whatever comes to our way that is not good, eliminate. You know, the Bible said that read everything and, and keep the good things. Okay, you receive all the, all the, all the shootings and temptations for Satan, but you can discern what to keep and what not to. If it comes from Satan, get rid of it. Pull that weed out. But if it comes from God, nurture it, protect it. Okay, number three is... Um, Reading the word and prayer, we will obtain a higher and moral excellent. So we need to read the word and pray to obtain a higher moral excellence. And number four is what we're going to obtain by doing this. We're going to obtain encouragement, good thoughts. We're going to obtain excellent aspirations higher purpose of actions. We're going to achieve a clear perception of what is true and what is not true. God will give us a true meaning, understanding of God's character. We'll, God will be able to use us, use, use us as light of the world. And God will, we will be able to be an instrument that God can use us for his pleasure to bring others to God. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, and I don't know how can I thank you, Lord, for so many blessings that you've given us. We want to thank you for those who chose to come to our worship service, and we pray <clears throat> that you bless them, and may your Holy Spirit translate what was read and apply into their hearts, O oh Lord, that this week will be a better week in relationship with you than was last week. And may our spiritual strength and our, our spiritual relationship with you, O oh Lord, that will grow every day more and more, that can we achieve a point that you can be use us to be a light of this world for the end time. Be with each one of us, O oh Lord, and as we 
dismissed here. We pray also that we'll bless our food that we're going about to eat, O oh Lord, that the nurture our bodies and be used in the right way.